Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Every week I say I'm excited because I do get excited to do these podcasts, but today is the very talented and adorable Martha Foost. So Martha, hello, welcome. I'm so tickled to be with y'all. Well, let me tell you, Martha, and I have to tell the crowds of people that listen. Martha is such a good sport. We tried to do this podcast some time ago, and it was Skype, and something got to be a mess, and of course, then the pandemic came, and now here we are doing it again, and we're on Zoom, and we're praying for the technical gods to give us a break today. That's what we're hoping for. Yay! When we do this, I just want people to be aware, Cindy always puts all the information up on the website and on the Facebook page so you will have information about Martha's books and how to reach her. So I just say that up front. So Martha, let me tell you what's happened since the last time we talked. I got to order your latest book, A Good Meal is Hard to Find. I had asked Martha to originally be on the podcast because I was so in love with her for her other books, Green Doors and Sweet Tea, and which she won a James Beard Award for, okay? And you know this, Martha, it's one of my favorite books. So I know a little bit about you, and you have this wonderful intro about yourself that I want to say that you have spent your days on this earth in kitchens as a waitress, a baker, a chef, a cooking school instructor, a cookbook writer, a wife and a mother. But what keeps me intrigued, Martha writes, is I've come to realize is the language of flavor. Now, Martha, I read this little book this morning and I just thought that your description of yourself was perfect. Oh, so perfect. I was really trying to, um... I did this book in cahoots with my dear friend, Amy Cameron Evans, and um, we really wanted to speak from our hearts and say what was really driving us to finish this project. Honey, the art, it's all just absolutely delightful. Now, Martha, what I want to know, I know you have written several books. I know you help other women and other people write their cookbooks, and I know that we're going to talk about that in a minute, because that's a a whole skill set in its own. It's wonderful. Tell me, how did you get a publisher with A Good Meal is Hard to Find, and then if people haven't seen it, Storied Recipes from the Deep South? How did you propose this to somebody so that in this difficult market, they would publish it for you? Well, I have an incredibly understanding agent, uh, Janice Dono, that I've been with for years and years. And she really championed this project. And um, frankly, I had been wanting to do a book with Chronicle for 22 years. <laughs> and finally, this was the, the one that came together. And I think it was the blend of Amy's artwork and our both love of storytelling that uh, really put it to the top. And there's also a companion journal that's coming along with the book that has, um, uh, it's called a pocketbook and it has uh, ideas for road trips and places to make book lists and people's birthdays and anniversaries I'm gonna put down. And here's the journal. Oh, honey, this is a fantastic, you know what? I have to admit, 
tell you, Martha, that's such a brilliant idea. And I think, as you just said, for those people that have not been published out there that may be listening or think about it, you have to find the right publisher for your book. And Chronicle always does a beautiful job and those companion pieces like that. And so here's a little section that's a reading list that uh, recommended books and then books that somebody tells you about and you want to make a note to remind yourself and road trips and how... Um, Fabulous. What a great, great. Now, let me, let me tell you this. I read, so I read this book this morning because I finally had time. And I had said to Cindy before you got on with us, some of the, the just the, so our readers understand, there is this fantastic, on each page, there's a piece of art. And then the opposing page, there is a recipe and a cute little story that goes with it. So I'm looking at Lucille's Lemon Lavender Float. And people, I just, so it's a float with sorbet and cream and lavender. But the story that you tell above it is so priceless. So how did those little stories, the sometimes recipe writers call them headers, how does that come from? Did you just make that up about Lucille? Or is that someone from your past that you actually knew? Well, it was a such a just fulfilling collaboration working with Amy and it started maybe six years ago Amy's uh, paintings have headnotes like Marge took her usual measurements and the painting is a can of grapefruit juice and a measuring stick and they're very sparse and graphic uh, but homey and um, I had told Amy you know I really think these these painting titles would make great headnotes for recipes. And she was like, eh, whatever. And then <laughs> and she went to a, a writer's conference. She went to a, 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 you know, a breakout group about collaboration. And then she called up and she's like, yeah, you know, let's give it a try. And so over a couple of glasses of bourbon and about a half a strawberry cake, we just started imagining what recipes would go with the paintings. Fantastic, Martha. Good for you. Now, I didn't realize we were on the same diet. That's just another thing we have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, every single day, Martha, I'm inspired by women that I've known in the industry. And of course, every day there seems to be something in the news, whether it's good news or bad news about publishing or writing. But how do you, and I know you like collaboration, which is great, but how do you keep your private motivation to keep going up? I mean, it's not easy. I know you're a mom. I know you come from a very creative family. How do you like being a writer for, talk about the latest book that you were, that you helped this woman put together because she credited you on Facebook saying just that. Asha Gomez. Gomez. Um, Asha and I worked on a book a few years ago, My Two Sals, and it was um, stories about her, her growing up in, in Kerala, the most southern part of India, and then moving to Atlanta, Georgia. And so she was taking spins on southern dishes like shrimp creole, but then combining green cardamom with it. I just really love helping people tell their stories, and I'm I'm also just generally curious about folks. 
And also writing as a whole, like you were saying, you know, where do you get the impetus to, you know, keep going and keep it inspired. And that's one of the things that, um, particularly I live in a really rural area, so it's not like there's a big writer's group or get togethers <laughs> or something like that, or, or you have, you have that exposure to, you know, the industry, so to speak. And so I find collaboration really fulfilling. And one of the things is that uh, it's a lonely business, yes. you know, sitting at a desk or even if you're in the kitchen testing recipes and, you know, if you're working on a chapter about desserts, your family's like, if I see one more pie or, you know, <laughs> and so having, having that sounding board and like you two, you know, you and Cindy are such a great collaboration. And uh, I think, you know, and two heads are always better than one. Or most you, of the time. Perfect way to say it, Martha. And it's true. Cindy and I got a lot done together in 20 years because we were together. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As I'm not seeing Cindy every day, I need you to know I fall into every bad, lazy writer and person habit there is. <laughs> I can go down that TV channel or I'm into that bottle of wine before the sun is going down. <laughs> it's very difficult. Well, you know, I kind of I kind of think of collaboration as like being bookends. You know, you can put a lot of books on a shelf and they might sling one way or they might sling the other way. But if you have bookends, it keeps them all in the middle and straight up. With this absolute interest all of a sudden in Southern food and all the different influences, I love that, you know, Asha Gomez. I love what Sandra Gutierrez has done with Latin American cooking, you know, the new Latin American Southern cooking. And you're in the Delta. So you need to tell people, what is the history of food in the Delta and why? Because I don't think everybody knows that. Do you know what I mean? People well, it's, know- a so- it's a sorted past. <laughs> <laughs> um, Best kind, Martha. <laughs> well, you know, um, people are familiar with New Orleans cooking and people are familiar with like Memphis barbecue. But up and down that stretch in between is where the Mississippi River Delta is. People think of those type of cooking as really cosmopolitan. They're little clutches of communities all up and down the river. And so they were so much influenced by these cosmopolitan cities like New Orleans and Memphis. And so we were just sort of smack dab in the middle of it. And also there's such a part of living here is that you've got to make your own fun. Tell me, Martha, when we talked before and we mentioned before about all the different, like you just said, all the different regions of in the South and different cities that are known for different foods. I recently was reading Lisa Donovan, uh, you know, from Husk fame. She has a new memoir out and the cute and her dear friend is Angie Moser. And, but what I loved is that when she was at a conference, somebody leaned over from New York and said, don't tell me that all you Southern women are all really friends. Are you? And she said, yeah, we are. Now I've seen that when I've been with Southern cooks in Atlanta. Do you feel like you guys share with each other and help each other? I really do because, you know, there was, such a, a movement of K-Paul and everything, everything kind of went to the 
east coast of the south. So when you think of the south, it's like like Europe. I mean, you've got German cooking, you've got Italian cooking, you've got French cooking, Appalachian cooking, although we share some of the same recipes, is totally different than New Orleans cooking. And East Texas cooking is totally different than South Florida cooking. And so we all, we all have our own kind of lane to stay in, but we all share a lot of the same ingredients. And I think the spirit of the cooking is a lot the same. I think that is a great way to say it. I think that is a perfect way to say it because of, you know, Italy's like that. People get real, um, Martha, in Italian groups that I'm members of, they get this, they, oh my God, the fights break out. But oh, you know, yeah. I mean, fights break out and I'm from the North and the South. But bottom line is everybody's eating their own kind of pasta and it's just a little different sauce on it. Do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> I love your expression. So you're all using the same ingredients, but you're putting your own, you know, your own environment on it. I like to think about a way to explain it is like the brown gravy, white gravy divide. Yeah. yeah. Like if you start on the East Coast in the South, the further West you go, the whiter the gravy gets. And by the time you get past Natchitoches, Louisiana and cross into Texas, it's, you know, the gravy's completely white. But oh, that's fabulous. You don't see that around here, unless it's, you know, sausage biscuit gravy in the morning. But Now, I hope you can't hear it. Martha, a minute ago, stopped because her son is home today because of band practice. And this is all part of podcasting from home, Martha. And now my dog is barking like he's going to eat somebody, and I'm sure it's the innocent UPS driver. So I hope you're not hearing that. Cindy, if she can, she edits it out. Our UPS drivers call my dog Cujo because he sounds like he's going to come through the door and eat someone. Now, tell me, what's your favorite thing to cook, Martha, just for you or your family? I mean, what do you eat? What do you like to cook for your family? Well, these days, I feel like I'm running a 24-hour diner and laundromat, so this is (laughs) probably not the most spirited time to ask me about it. You know, I'm really a seasonal cook. I used to be much, have much more of a sweet tooth, but I found since I got past I don't really have that big a sweet tooth anymore. My husband hunts a lot, so it's fun in the wintertime when we've got duck and deer and all that. Right now, we're wrapping up tomato season, and I've been working with the World Tomato Society, which I don't know exists, but the fact (laughs) that there is a World Tomato, it's been a really tomato-intensive summer. My mom lives right around the corner from us. Oh, nice. And so we cook for her, and my son drives her supper over. She doesn't come pick it up. We call it the bike taxi. I think that's absolutely lovely, the bike taxi. So your son brings your mom down. Martha, that's really nice. I know that in the 40 years that I cooked and styled, I don't think I ever cooked as much at home (laughs) as I have in the past. I've got a funny uh, needlepoint piece on my kitchen wall that my great aunt made that says kitchen closed on account of illness. I'm sick of cooking. I couldn't agree more. My husband, and of course, we we can't go anywhere. There's no place to go out, so we're not eating out. I've We've gotten takeout food from one or two local restaurants, Martha, in hopes of supporting them. Do you know what I mean? They're family-owned places, and we've gone and gotten the food. But basically, 
I feel like you. I have, I, and I'm not complaining because I realize how lucky I am and I can buy some groceries, but I have never cooked this much. And the the dishes, I have never, I mean, and I have a dishwasher. I load that dishwasher. I unload that dishwasher. I load that dishwasher. I, I and with only two of it's us. It's just like pause and replay, pause and replay. And one, one thing that's been great for our community here is there've been a lot of charity fundraisers. So like this Friday is going to be a catfish plate pickup for, to support the library and fundraisers for, you know, people that are ill and, and also people are, you know, making cakes at home and posting them on Facebook. And so there's been a lot of entrepreneurship. I think that's risen around all of this. I think that is fantastic. Well, Martha, let me tell you something. With our technical difficulties, I'm still, people can hear how charming you are. So I just wanna say this. We are lucky enough, we are gonna have a giveaway for your gorgeous book, A Good Meal is Hard to Find. I just can't believe the artwork and what you've done and the recipes are utterly charming. And if people have never read your book, Screen Doors and Sweet Tea. I have to give this the plug, Martha, and I said this to you before, but I so meant it. When this book came to me, and I think it was, oh, it was whenever it came out, but I was a judge for IACP, and I, you were the one of the very first cookbook authors that told me a story in the header. Now everyone's doing it. Where, you know, we see everything but the birth canal. But this was one of the first books that did this. And it is so charming and such a fabulous book. And you can still find it on Amazon. And it's called Sweet Screen Doors and Sweet Tea Recipes and Tales from a Southern Cook. And you know what, Martha? I just reread this again. It's not one bit dated. I mean, this oh, is a classic. You can enjoy this book forever. Thank you so much. You know, one of the things with the new book is that, you know, nobody needs to hear one more story about swatting and fanning and eating a biscuit. And so all of the, the head notes in this new book are all little fictional vignettes, little fictional, fictional tales. And Amy's paintings are very sparse. And so the stories are very idea of the story so while you're making the recipe you can imagine how the story continues it it took me away i wanted to be with lucille in 1932 when i read this story it took me to another place how lucky how lucky martha thank you so much if you have any questions for martha you can contact martha her information will be on the facebook page uh, you can always contact Cindy and I at womenbeyond at icloud.com. Thank you, Martha, so much for being here today. It was really fun visiting with y'all. And when uh, the new book, I Cook in Color, comes out, oh, uh, yes. we'll get to visit for that one, too. Please. I wish people could see one thing, Martha. Martha is in her dining room. Is that your dining room you're sitting mm -hmm. at? There's a beautiful kind of a ruby or scarlet red background and beautiful paintings that she says to me that her dad had done. But you have to tell us your dad's quote about painting. Well, these paintings are all uh, landscapes and he paints very tiny pictures. Um, and they're all landscapes. And he says, uh, painting landscapes in the Delta is like painting an ironing board over and over again because it's so flat. <laughs> it's so perfect. So thank you, Miss Martha. Thank you, Cindy. Talk to you again, I hope. 
Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Denise. Bye. Bye. What do you think, Miss Cindy? We're going to give it our best try. All we can do is try. Martha's worth it. If we can't interview Martha, then I'm going to read Martha's book to people all by myself. And people can come to the readings. How's that? Okay.